fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Guide brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy glory, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy excellence, fantasy championships, which are possibly just around the corner for some of you guys. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones, with me as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. And I'll bet a bunch of you that are watching this right now have got your actual season coming down to what's about to happen on the football field in an hour, which is pretty awesome. I got players going. It doesn't have anything. It's not going to affect my game at all. But I know there are some people that literally have their seasons on the line. And that's great. That's fantastic. That's what we're always looking for. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. What do you need to have happen tonight? Uh, do you need someone not to score? Do you need someone to score? Do you need your kicker to have like an amazing game? We love all the scenarios. Wolf, how's it going? Absolutely. Yeah. Those of you tuned in live, let us know what you need tonight. Or if you're catching us on the replay the day after, maybe you listen to the pod and you find us on YouTube, let us know what happened. How did it go for you? You needed 25 from Hopkins. Did you get it? I, I would love to hear what you need and, and how you're going to get there, uh, whether you're live with us or what happened in the aftermath. Absolutely. Thankfully for myself, I do have a few players going tonight, but my team's fucking smashed. It was one of those weeks that just everything went right. It's been a while since I had one where I won in every single league, seven to seven. But here we are, one of those types of weeks. I only lost in one league, uh, and that was one of the leagues that I just had been getting my ass kicked all year. A horrible team. But other than that, it was just glorious. In my most important league, I was already in the playoffs. The only thing I had on the line was potentially being the high score of the week. Put up 184 and half PPR, like smaller rosters. Wow. Everybody had like 20-plus on my team. It was unbelievable. Uh, capped the night off with like 60 points from uh, from Adams and Hopkins and uh, Adams and Rogers stack. Just Rolling in with some momentum. That always makes me nervous now. We were talking about last time where it's like, did I blow my load too early? Like, I can't bring those points with me when everything's on the line. But also, is the locker room now just fired up, rolling in with some momentum? Let's steamroll a little intimidation factor. I don't know, but I'm feeling fucking good. 184. Yeah. Huge win. Yeah, I'm I'm the opposite. I mean, I, I did end the year as my league's leading scorer. So I did I do get a payout. But, I mean, I'm, I'm totally limping in. I know I texted you recently. I saw a TikTok where some guy was talking about like basically made a dream team of like the eight worst possible people you could have drafted for this fantasy season. And was just like, don't complain about fantasy. You could have drafted these guys. And I have four of the eight of them on my team. <laughs> I was just like, brutal. yeah, yeah, it's brutal. And then on top of those guys, I got Eli Mitchell out. Now Tyler Higby, who I didn't think I could possibly hate anymore. Well, now he's got COVID. So I do hate him a little bit more. Like, it's just like, I feel like I've never I've never been bit like this in a season before. So I'm in. I'm the three seed. I look at the teams in the playoffs, and there's maybe like one team I think I could beat. So I'm, I'm yeah, it's it's not good. I mean, any none of my Sunday, man. Any given Sunday. Any, any given Sunday, but none of my players are playing. Uh, anyway, let's let's get into this stuff because I could complain about myself, uh, you know, just forever. So give us a like, give us a love. Give us whatever you got. We're going to get into some Monday night football news, and there is a little bit. I just gave you a little bit of a spoiler. Tyler Higby, he of like the 19th best tight end in the league, um, <laughs> is on the COVID reserve list. 
Also, Jalen Ramsey, that's a little more significant. Fantasy-wise, obviously, don't really care, except in, unless you got some Cardinals, then you might care. Well, both those guys are on the COVID list. Obviously, they're not playing tonight. Yeah, it's big. Uh, not, not the Higby absence, the, the Jalen Ramsey one, because him and Hopkins always battle it out. They always have great showdowns. I was looking forward to it as a, just a football fan. It's too bad, but as somebody who has Hopkins in you know, three of my seven leagues, I'm also pretty pumped that he's going to be running free tonight. Certainly doesn't hurt any of the secondary receivers as well. That trickle-down effect of now all the coverage shifts on that Ram secondary, that really is not great behind Jalen Ramsey. They've given up middle-of-the-pack points to wide receivers, and that's with Ramsey locking down a lot of their, their uh, top, top options in the game. So this should really – Kyler Murray already was my number two quarterback behind only Josh Allen. This only gives him a better matchup for sure. Uh, should go should go nuts tonight. It's really just now on the, the Rams. Are they going to be able to keep pace? Are they going to be able to put up points? You know, Higby's absence doesn't really matter. Like, if you're desperate, if you were starting Higby and you need the backup, I think his name is uh, Kendall Blanton. Blanton. Kendall Blanton. He of two catches on the season. Just so you <laughs> know, I, I'm I'm literally, I'm taking the zero. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm taking the zero. The I'm, I'm, I'm down like 65. I have Higby and Cooper Cup. I'm, I don't, there's no one I really want to drop. So I'm just taking the zero. Yeah. The only time that would work is if you can like move one of the, like Higby into your, your COVID spot and open up something, you know, uh, your IR spot, whatever it is on your roster. Some, some leagues allow that, but it probably isn't worth it at this point, unless you're in an absolute barn burner and you need just a couple points. I'm not. You want to take the Hail Mary on Kendall Blanton. I'm trying to think of like the, if the Cardinals have anybody, I mean, they got Ertz and then I don't even know who the next man up is behind him. Right. Urban, this is, this is my point. Thank you, by the way, Tyler Higby, for the 10 minutes of warning that you gave me before catching COVID. So Exactly. Awful really. stuff. I will um, never the other note, that guy again. The, the only other note for tonight, and a player we did get some questions about, and thankfully recommended you, you sit it out because it really wasn't worth the upside, whether he played or not, was Chase Edmonds. He is not activated. So James Conner wheels up. He's already been killing it even with Edmonds in there, but just that much more upside with him out. Uh, and and they're going to get another week of rest here. So if you're relying on Edmonds for any unforsaken reason, Eno Benjamin's the next man up there. Um, so, you know, not great. He he of 5.8 carries, uh, less than one catch in this net last stretch of games since, uh, what's his name, Edmonds was out. So ultimately, it's not like you're getting a, a huge replacement. Maybe you go to Becton, the backup running back for Michelle, and hope he plods his ass in the end zone. But man, hopefully you were not relying on Edmonds or Higby because they weren't great bets either way. Uh, and certainly now you're in a, a very disgusting situation. Let us know, though, if you are in those situations, and we'll do our best to help you piece together something or whether you have any sit starts that you now have to debate here. I know Sony Michelle, a lot of people relying on him tonight. Let us know again what you need tonight, uh, and we'll, we'll get into everything we need to go through. All right, we're going to just real quick uh, just bat some of these injuries back and forth. We're not going to go into these in depth because a lot of these players we're going to talk about just when we go down our traditional positional rankings, but we're just going to mention them. There were some significant injuries or uh, definitely some things that you're going to want to keep an eye on going into the fantasy playoffs. Some big ones, um, you know, possibly no bigger than Lamar Jackson, who had a second quarter ankle injury, had to be carted off to the locker room, uh, did not return. The Browns ended up winning that game, you know, and uh, obviously Jackson's Future is a little bit uncertain right now, so we'll be keeping an eye on that one. Another one also, who's an up, the next guy is pretty big too, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, Josh Allen, foot sprain, week 14, day-to-day. Uh, it seems like that one's not too serious. And it does seem like Lamar Jackson, they already ruled out a high ankle sprain too. So that doesn't seem overly serious, but you might be looking at a one- to two-week absence uh, for both of these guys. Although Allen seems like he's almost a lock day-to-day again. Yep. Usually that's a, a pretty good sign you won't be without him. We'll talk about both those guys yep. in more depth a little bit later, though. Kareem Hunt went to the locker room late in the first quarter. He had an ankle injury. They pretty seamlessly subbed in Dearness uh, Johnson for him. They have this luxury of having these three really good running backs. So uh, I don't want to trivialize the fact that Hunt might be hurt, but from the Brown standpoint, it's like, yeah, we're cool. He came back to the sidelines. He did not get back into the game. Cleveland was sitting on a decent lead at that point. So we're going to have to wait and see how serious it really is. Yeah. Next man up mentality there for sure. With that backfield, they have also said though, probably unlikely to go at least this week because if they have the Saturday game. So Dearness Johnson, right back on the radar, as you mentioned, Terry McLaurin, is, uh, suffered a concussion while fighting for a big contested catch on the sideline. He, I don't even get a catch up to that point, so he was already kind of a sketchy play. And now, of course, even sketchier, should he be in? And then if he's out, you know, who's the next man up? Is it DeAndre Carter? Is it Cam Sims who had a great contested catch in the end zone? I don't know, and I probably wouldn't want any of them moving forward anyways. This is probably one that is sketching some people out. Austin Eckler, uh, left ankle injury late in the third quarter. He did walk off on the fi- uh, walk the- off the field on his own, but he did not return to the game. Um, they had a three score lead at the time, and they're yeah. playing again on Thursday. Now, people that are relying on Austin Eckler for a Thursday game in your fantasy playoffs, that's probably a little bit scary to you. Uh, obviously, the guys behind him, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, uh, are not. 30% of what Eckler is. So uh, no, keep your fingers crossed. Close. Exactly. Staley did for what it's worth say, if we needed him, he probably could have returned to the game. So that gives you a little bit of a confidence boost here that they'll have him out there for a big divisional matchup. Someone who also did not return is Emmanuel Sanders. And they're already saying he is likely out for week 15 against the Panthers, potentially opening up a guy we'll talk about in a little bit. Gabe Gabriel Davis would uh, very intrigued to see what he could do in a featured role this week. All right, if you're a Dolphins running back stand, oh, God. Uh, they've all tested positive for COVID. So <laughs> Philip Lindsay just tested positive. I know Gaskin already had it, and I forget who the third guy is, but he has it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well, he's got it too. Uh, anyway, maybe it's Duke Johnson time. We'll see. And it's against the Jets, so it's like not obsolete given how bad they are against the running Backs. It's something you do have to pay attention to. Gio Bernard is expected to miss some time with a hip and MCL injury. It already was the Leonard Fournette show as a pass catcher. So this is minimally impacting anybody. But just to note that Fournette's that much more locked in moving forward. All right. Uh, Mike McCarthy. I love when Mike McCarthy gets brought into the show. Uh, Mike McCarthy <laughs> says he's feeling a lot better about uh, running back Tony Pollard's foot and his ability to play again week 15 against the Giants. Okay. Uh, I'm glad to hear it, Mike. Another running back expected to potentially be back out there is Michael Carter coming off the IR potentially against the Dolphins. He was great over a span, but that was also with Mike White peppering him in. So I'm not, he should be rostered, no doubt about it, but I don't know that I want to toss him right back into the fire this week. Um, Last but not least, Elijah Moore uh, dealing with a quad injury. He was on the IR. He is going to be coming back for the team's final two games of the year. So the one productive fantasy player. Right. And one of those would only be in your fantasy championship. So is he really worth holding on to for next two weeks and hoping you still make it? And then he's in there. Do you really trust him? That's, that's a tough call for you owners out there. But if you got an IR spot and you got no one else in there, the guy is the number one scoring wide receiver over the last eight weeks. So, I mean, 
probably worth holding on to. And that's all the injury. We'll, of course, dive into a little bit more how they impact and inform my rest of season rankings and uh, some of the key usage and stats we ended up seeing this past week. Should we just dive right into quarterbacks? Let's. I do want to dive in, but right before we dive in, I want to ask you a question about a quarterback that saw some action this week, okay? Um, yeah. Did, did you know who this guy Huntley was before you saw him on the field? Well, only only because he this isn't his first time out there. He played yeah. one other game. Um, I did not know him entering the season at all. Okay. Uh, it used to be like McSorley, I think, was the backup for a while. Uh, that, that I actually used to really like McSorley. Uh, but, no, I didn't know a thing about Huntley until this game. He didn't do horrible, okay. though. No, he wasn't terrible. Out. He wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, I must have. I mean, I know that Lamar had missed another game this year, but I, I guess I had missed who subbed in for him. So this is the first time I'd ever seen this guy. And it's pretty rare that I see a quarterback on the field and I have absolutely no idea who they are, but that happened. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I only knew him because of the, the one other week he played. But yeah, 270 and 45 on the ground, too. He actually is pretty mobile. Not Lamar mobile, but, you know, if Lamar ends up being out, I guess that's the first guy we're going to talk about. So why, why don't we just dig right Let's, in? Lamar, okay. the ankle injury. Uh, so it's going to be pretty serious. So we did want to talk about Huntley. The fact that he could be a potential fantasy starter in your playoffs is crazy. But not if you're desperate, you could do worse than 270 passing. Uh, 45 on the ground after in only about a quarter. I mean, uh, three quarters of action. That's not bad for Huntley. So something to potentially consider uh, if he's out, especially with this defense also looking horrendous. And I'm going to need chase, chasing points the rest of the year. Uh, Huntley could be intriguing down the stretch. All right, let's get into it. We talked about Josh Allen earlier. This guy had a monster fantasy game. Take it from me. He played against me this week because <laughs> everybody who has a great fantasy game always plays against me. Uh, 36 out of 54 for 308, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, he also had a ton of rushing yards. He had 12 carries for 109. That's serious Konami upside, as the Wolf likes to say. Uh, in my league, he put up at least 40, uh, and the guy playing me didn't even need it. Uh, yeah. He could have put up zero, and he still would have beat me. Uh, but what a game. What a monster. game. Absolutely monster effort after that dud against the pass. You'll love to see that rebound as you gear up in an easy playoff schedule for these guys, too. Whew. Last year, he led people to titles, and it could happen yet again. Taysom Hill, speaking of Konami upside. Man, the starter on my team now. this week. I started him. He had a monster. Yeah, we, I told you, a quarter, your quarterback throws for 175 in fantasy with no touchdowns in the air. You're probably like, damn, I lost. Nope, he put up over 26 fantasy points because he also had 73 yards and two scores on the ground. He's now averaging a rushing touchdown per, grant, per game across his six starts. Just an absolute beast. The, the definition of set and forget, like close your eyes, don't look because it was bad. I think through the, the, the half, he had what four points. It was just like, ew. Oh, yeah. I'm done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then ends the game with a 70 yard, like rushing touchdown. It's like, yep, this is why I love you, Dan Mill. Russell Wilson, 17 out of 28 for 260, two touchdowns. The Seahawks did win in week 14 over the Texans. And everyone's like, oh, the Seahawks are back. The, the Texans are absolutely terrible. <laughs> Take away this one, like, 75-yard touchdown that he threw to Tyler Lockett, who also I was facing, by the way. Oh. Um, and it's just like a completely crappy game. Wilson has not impressed me in a really long time. Uh, yeah, he did enough to beat the Texans. I'll give him a hearty handshake for that, but that's it. 
I know. But it's it's one of those things where we keep doing this with Wilson. Like, well, you take away the garbage time drive, and he would have only had 10 points, but he finished with 20. And then you take away the bomb, and he would – you know what I mean? It's like, well, we got to do the same for Taysom Hill if we're going to play that game. And Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly do that for Taysom Hill. <laughs> he played a shitty game. It was bad. It was ugly. But ultimately, points are points, and Wilson's got it done on these big plays. That's kind of always how he's been throughout his career, uh, That those deep bombs lock. It's so beautiful to see. He has had back-to-back 12, top 12 QB games. Not a bad schedule moving forward. So I think he's entering, like approaching the, the trust nest again, the, the trust tree. We might be able to play Russell Wilson in future weeks, at least when the matchup's right. I did want to mention Justin Fields, who does look better and better each time out. Yeah, he had two bad picks. I know, I know. It's not like I'm saying this guy's an elite quarterback, but fantasy-wise, he's had 18-plus in three of his last uh, three straight games that he's made it all the way through. He's averaged now from the beginning of the year, 4.6 rush attempts and 21 rushing yards per game. That has now leaped up across these last three full games, nine rushing attempts and 74 rush yards. That's why he's rising up uh, in terms of fantasy QB upside. This was a good Packers defense, and he did pretty serviceable numbers. So if you lost – Lamar, and you need a potential fill-in. He's 19% rostered right now. You could do worse. I, I, I'd i be nervous for sure, putting my fantasy hopes on this guy, but like, I'd rather have him than the next guy we're about to talk about on this list. Who, Cam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, man, Justin Fields does not fill me with any sort of any sort of sense of confidence at all. But let's talk about Cam Newton. Uh, the Panthers head coach, Matt Rule, has said Sam Darnold could be a factor down the stretch when he returns from a shoulder injury. So you could conceivably have an absolutely terrible quarterback coming in to take some of the burden off the absolutely terrible quarterback that you currently have playing. So uh, exactly. you Panthers fans, you got that to look forward to. It was what an abysmal game. PJ Walker mixing in and now you got a platoon and maybe they make it a, a three-man platoon. Who knows what the these guys are doing? It looked like Cam was gonna that first touchdown run is like, oh man, Cam's back. He's gonna have himself a monster day. And then he just did nothing. Looked absolutely atrocious the rest of the way out there. So yeah, pretty, pretty concerning indeed. Another bad effort from Dak Prescott. 236 yeah. yards and a touchdown to pick. Very, very blah mediocre performance against a team that had been giving up the third most points to quarterbacks. Not what you want to see from this guy heading into the fantasy playoffs. It's been back-to-back bad outings. I'd be nervous about Dak lately right now. Yeah. You remember like, I don't know, eight weeks ago or whatever, when people are like, I don't know, there might not be any better quarterback in the NFL than Dak Prescott. It's like, not not really. Um, All right. uh, Give us a like before we get into running backs, we could really use them. Share us, uh, you know, tell your friends about us unless you're playing them this week, in which case keep it to yourself. (laughs) Running backs, Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook, if you recall, when we were talking, which seems like forever ago on Thursday, I mean, the big subject of conversation is, should you play Dalvin Cook? Should you play Dalvin Cook? Now, to our credit, we absolutely said, yes, you should play Dalvin Cook. 100%. We were absolutely correct. He had 200 plus yards uh, in this game and he had, what, a couple touchdowns? And I mean, just, I don't know about you. I don't remember his exact stat line. I know he scored a million points, but he just looked way faster than everybody else on the field. Like the second, the first time I saw him run, I was like, oh, wow, he's just way faster than everybody else. And it seemed like that for the rest of the game. I know he had like a shoulder injury. He seemed like he was putting his shoulder down into people like, like a boss. Didn't seem like he cared. It was an unreal effort. Like, I mean, it was the best he's looked. I had I have him on my team, so I watch him very closely. That's the best he's looked all year now. Part of that's probably a pathetic Pittsburgh defense that completely quit before they even got off the bus. Uh, but even still, 
205 yards, two touchdowns, over 35 fantasy points, 77% of the snaps. And now Alex Madison has COVID too. So, I mean, this is just going to be, as long as he holds up, and it is the risk of re-aggravation is certainly higher here down the stretch. But harness Dalvin Cook, baby. He's now scored two touchdowns in both games. He's worn a harness. He averages on pace for nearly 3,000 total yards if you just average out his harness games. I know it's only a two-game sample size here, but I love harness Dalvin Cook, and I want to ride that to a title this year, baby. Oh, and All then right. Alvin Kamara. Speaking about studs returning, this, this is kind of the, the theme here. 27 carries, 120, a touchdown with seven avoided tackles. Also had four catches in 25, and that might be the more intriguing part because it's always Taysom Hill can't throw to him. Well, he was the leading target with five on the team right here. Didn't do a whole ton of you know damage with just 25 yards, but he looked every bit as good as he has. 27 carries, a career high as well. So right back to the fire. You know, there was no Mark Ingram. There was no Montgomery to muddy anything up. But still, how do you give anybody else work when he is this damn good? Love Kamara. Love him down the stretch here. Saquon Barkley, this guy is frustrating beyond belief because he's playing for the Giants. The Giants are terrible. He doesn't produce much at all. But you get to see once, maybe twice a game, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's really, really good. Um, He had 16 carries, 64 yards, three catches uh, for 31 yards and a touchdown. So overall, it was not a terrible fantasy day. It was not an amazing fantasy day either. His talent is beyond reproach. Uh, You won't ever hear me say anything about like, oh, he's not that good. But man, his situation's tough. I know. And he only played 38 snaps, 55%. That's not great. So it's like one of those, is a a rise or a fall? What is it with him this week? I don't know what to label it because he should have been in there every time. I don't know what's going there. Uh, But yeah, it's gross. I don't feel great about him moving forward despite the solid game here. That was an easy matchup. And he didn't do all that much damage with it. Like it was just solid plays, a handful of them. I, I don't know. I'd be nervous about Barkley moving forward. Leonard Fournette, though, rock solid. I'd have I'd have him in rankings way ahead of Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think most people would at this point. 19 carries, 113 yards, 85 of those coming after context to bolt. Touchdown, four catches and 19 receiving yards as well. And as we mentioned, Gio Bernard getting dinged up somehow. He, I don't even know when he was on the field. But whatever he was, he got hurt with an MCL and hip injury. So Leonard Fournette is just locked in to this workhorse role in one of the most explosive offenses in the league. I don't know how we were so low on this guy coming into the year. He is by far the best, you know, round 10 and beyond running back you could have picked. Unbelievable value. No question. Uh, Denver, running back by committee. But this is an example where both guys blew up. Uh, Gordon, 24 carries, 111 yards for two touchdowns. That's a great fantasy game. Javante Williams, 15 carries, 73 yards, another touchdown. Also a catch for 10 yards that produced another touchdown. So four touchdowns between those two guys. Uh, I guess if you own either one of them, you're okay with that. It seems unlikely that they're going to be able to do that against teams that aren't Detroit. But still. It just goes to show how bad this Detroit defense is. It is just also a little bit obnoxious that Javante had that huge 30-point day and his repayment, yes, he had a huge day at fantasy, got over 21 fantasy points, but he got only 38.5% of the rushing workload. Did see all of the running back receiving work with 8% target share, but Melvin Gordon getting nearly 62% of the carries his first game back from injury. That's pretty annoying. That's come on. Like, get rid of this motherfucker. How good could this imagine if Gordon wasn't there? Do you think Javante would have touchdowns? Maybe Javante looked really good. He's like so good. I mean, he just is very talented. You can see it. I mean, he, you know, Melvin Gordon looked that way six years ago. 
Like, Gordon, to his credit, though, he's also looking pretty. Like, we're not, he I can't sit here Javante and seems like he 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 does the eye test better for me right now. Just oh, possibly, I'm biased, but I mean, like, yeah, Gordon's a a good NFL running back. Javante seems like a special Super next stuff. level. Yeah, like right he could now, be yeah. Jonathan Taylor level with the yeah. right like usage and volume. Honestly, yeah. like that might seem that's the the goat right now. So I know that's a little bit of hyperbolic, but honestly, he's really three, good. Though he's he really, really he really looks like that level of back. Just a bull every time he gets the ball. I love him. I fucking love him so much. Uh, Rashad Penny, though, another monster day uh, out of nowhere. 16 carries, 137, two TDs, 7.1 yards after contact per carry. He was churning. He broke a tackle, and you, you saw the speed that made him the fir- you know first-round pick for these guys. Only had one catch and one yard, but dominated with 35 snaps compared to just 14 for Collins and 11 for DJ Dallas. Uh, had far more work with, uh, I believe it was 17 touches compared to just eight for Collins, just like separating more and more. Uh, so 64% of the total running back routes and rushes as well. Very solid day usage-wise, even better performance-wise. Could be that like every year there's that crazy blow-up player that just like right before the waivers, you know, you get them right before your playoffs and they go nuts. This could be a precursor to that. They certainly are investing in draft capital-wise. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. Let's see what this guy has. I can imagine they'll ride him down the stretch and not that of the schedule. He could blow up. He could really blow up down the stretch here. Who are you taking first next uh, next year, Javante Williams or Eli Mitchell? Javante Williams. I mean, really? Melvin Gordon's okay. Melvin Gordon's expected to be a free agent. I'll, I'll be taking Javante Williams. If, if Gordon's gone and they don't sign anybody too crazy, I would take him probably top eight. Maybe top six. Like I, I love him. And Mitchell would be like a fringe first round or two, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I wouldn't think Mitchell would be too much below that. No, it's more so Williams is just a mo- like he's just built like a truck. He, he he doesn't. He's like Taylor. Like I don't think he's ever gonna get hurt. Whereas Mitchell, we've already seen. He's a, he's a smaller guy, a little frail. Like he gets hurt. He's tough as he is. Like so tough though. So tough. Such a tough little prick. But I feel like Javante is just one of those guys that will never. Uh, Knock on wood. I know. Don't be careful. The way he's built is just a different level. All right. James Robinson. um, He was benched in week 13. Trevor Lawrence complained about it, Um, but he did come back as the team starter. He gained four yards on six carries. Um, Man, that's not a real confidence booster. Now he does have two very juicy matchups coming up, but I mean, he's, you know, like if he's going to run like that, it doesn't really matter who he's rushing against. He's got Texans and the Jets coming up next. It might be the only team where the he doesn't get great game scripted out of here, given those two those two opponents. If there's any hope for him at all, I think we're far beyond the trade deadline in most leagues, so it's not like you buy low at this point. But I, it's going to be hard to put him on the bench, despite zero point four PPR fantasy points. He was in there on eighty five percent of the running back rushes uh, and routes. So I mean, he was the only guy. But it clearly didn't amount to anything, given how absolutely abysmal. I mean, who do you think's the? Do you think the Jags are the worst team in the NFL? They probably are, right? At this point, it's funny. My daughter asked me yesterday, "Who's the worst team in the NFL?" And I had to actually stop and think for a second. And I said, "It's the the Lions, the Texans, or the Jags, and then maybe the Jets are in there." It's those four are the four worst teams. Um, yeah, for sure. It, Honestly, gun to my head, I think the Jags are probably the worst. Although, like, it's hard to argue for the Lions, you know. Exactly. I think the Jags might have more talent than some of those teams. They're they're listening. Not that they have a ton of it. They really don't. Yeah, but Urban Meyer is such a fuckhead. Exactly. What the worst coach in a long time too. Like he is just abysmal. But let's let's carry forward. I, yeah, I don't want to you on the show. Joe Mixon. 
Uh, he was a monster for so long. You know, two t- two plus touchdowns in four straight games, a nine-game touchdown streak. It did come to an end, sadly, with a very mediocre day on Sunday. But the bigger concern is the fact that he is now seeding receiving work to Samaj P. Ryan, who's out-targeted Mixon 11 to 7 during that span. His target share is 0, 16.7. That was solid, but then 2.6 and 5.9 across his last four games. That's concerning usage for sure for a guy that just put up about six to seven fantasy points, depending on your scoring settings this last week. Ugh, you don't want to see that during your stretch runs. Hopefully you can get back to workhorse mix and roll. But they, that was a game where like they were, it was competitive the whole time. It wasn't like they should be resting him for any reason other than maybe they just like Samaj P. Ryan and, and passing situations a little bit more. So concerning for sure moving forward. Nick Chubb, he's been really bad. Now, of course, he's doing it without Kareem Hunt, which should benefit him. He's actually uh, single-digit fantasy numbers three of the last five weeks. Has not been impressing anybody. Um, Traditionally, when Hunt has been out and he's been sharing work with Dearness Johnson, he still gets the lion's share of the work. Dearness Johnson has really shined when no one else has been there. Um, So I don't see him as like a threat necessarily to Chubb, although Chubb's production has not been anything to get too excited about lately. No, like you said, three of the last five single digits. That that really speaks the story. But I do think without um, Hunt, he has seen a decent uptick in that receiving work, as you alluded to. And that's been huge. Uh, I know it's just 1.7 targets. That doesn't seem big, but Chubb does damage every time he gets used in the receiving game. I don't know why he doesn't get more, to yeah. be honest. Um, so that, that'll be big for sure. Antonio Gibson, absolute dud of a day. Uh, and, and we called it that. That was our lower on yep. the, uh, the the show. I granted on the Sunday show, once McKissick was ruled out, I was like, oh, well, it's going to be really tough. to. You flirted. That was the one that was the one time that you flirted with not playing Dalvin Cook was Antonio Gibson and um, James Conner were the other two choices. And you were like, maybe bench Cook here. And I said, no, don't get cute. No. And and then once we saw he had a full workload due, we were both like, no, lock him in. Cook was my number four or five running back. I was like, you you went with Cook like 39 out of the other, uh, out of 40 times. So I'm not hating on you for that. You were right. No, it was great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, ultimately, you know, just a dud game. And he saw 55.6% of the running back rushes, even without McKissick there. That's that's the biggest concern. It's like who who else is in there? Why he did fumble, and that was probably part of it. He was getting stuffed time and time again, though, as well. Just like after three of his last four being twenty pointers, this was pretty concerning to see a five point effort. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, similar to mix, just not what you want to be seeing heading into the. Uh, it's kind of a theme here. We're seeing like Kamara and Cook rolling right into the playoffs, yep. and then we're seeing some studs kind of you know halting out. So hopefully they get their ground back, but. Not what you want to see by any means. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He had a really interesting, uh, you know, split this game, which where he saw actually a, a season high as far as target share. It was like 13 or 14 percent. Uh, and then he had a season low, 45 and a half percent running share. Uh, he did punch the ball in a couple times. Also, interestingly yep. enough for, for the Chiefs, there seems to be enough kind of table scraps left over for Daryl Williams to still be a, vi- uh, a viable play which is good for me because I needed him. Didn't really help me, but he had like a 13-point fantasy game too. Yeah, absolutely. It's just crazy to see the Chiefs put up what, like how many did they have? 48 points? 48. This last week. Um, and I think and, they've and, given up, they've given up, I think, nine like the last three games or something like that. Yeah, they haven't given up more than 17 in like eight straight or something like that. I yeah. know that for sure. Um, it's just crazy to see them put up that type of production and Kelsey to have 27 yards. 
Tyree Kill to have like 70 scoreless mediocre. If I told you those two were having those stats, you'd probably be like, oh yeah, the Chiefs got smoked and Mahomes had a horrible day. But not at all. Mahomes rebounded big. He had, I think, a nice 20 or so fantasy points. And then the running backs, though, as you said, Daryl Williams and Hilaire, both getting there in fantasy leagues. Um, it ultimately ended up being 37 yards, two touchdowns, and then five yards for the air. So not a ton of production. They just didn't need them because they were just smoking this team so much. Uh, but Hilaire definitely trending upwards as we hit your playoffs. Packers running backs. I mean, similar, kind of similar to, to Clyde's day. Aaron Jones did find the end zone twice. So he got there for you in your fantasy teams. And he ended up hitting about uh, 18 fantasy points. But when you look at the workload split, five carries, three targets on 19 routes. Dylan saw 15 carries, zero targets. So he kind of disappeared in the, the receiving game, but he also ran 13 routes. This was a near even, dare I say, favoring Dylan type of workload split. Dylan was getting a lot of the mop up, like fourth quarter duty cleanup um, stuff. So in a, a tighter game, it might be more of an Aaron Jones situation. But this is a committee in every sense of the world. As talented as both of these guys are, split workload is a split workload, uh, especially when Rodgers is throwing for four touchdowns. It's if, if he's just going to cook like that, there's not going to be a whole ton for these running backs unless they're on the receiving end of them, like Jones was in the last game, but you can't bank on that every time. So definitely a concern moving forward with these Packers backs. So you're breaking up a lot on mine, which means I'm probably breaking up a lot on yours. Why don't you kick me out and let me back in and you do the next one. All righty. Uh, nope. I, I, oh, give me, give me everything. There. So, and hopefully let me know, uh, we'll pack I, for that Packers one. If I broke up a lot on you, let me know. I'm happy to restate that. Apologize if we are having some technical Wi-Fi difficulties over here. Um, I got off all the Wi-Fi on every other device, but if that's coming through bad, please keep me posted in the comments. I will look out for that. Now we'll look for, out for that while we're letting this thing kind of, uh, kind of reload or whatever, but the Titans backfield solid day for, uh, Foreman Hilliard, Definitely disappeared, though. So Foreman got there with over 20 fantasy points, uh, depending on your scoring settings. He uh, was the feature every down back, looking like a bull, caught a bunch of balls. Hilliard disappeared for just a couple touches. McNichols kind of ate at his workload, uh, was the the third down back. So almost all of McNichols' touches, though, came in the fourth quarter when they had a a big three-score lead. It was really the Foreman's show, though. So moving forward, I think he is the clear-cut guy. We talked about this on our Thursday preview show. He was the one, if I had to pick one, I wanted moving forward. And that's who what it's looked like it's going to uh, pan out to be. So moving forward, definitely intrigued by Foreman much more than any of the other running backs there. Let me see if we can get our man back here. All right, I'm back. All right, let's talk about the Panthers' backfield. Chuba Hubbard, Amir Abdullah. It's pretty much gone the way we expected it to. Chuba Hubbard is getting more of the rushing work. Abdullah getting more of the receiving work. Hubbard had the better fantasy game this week. He did punch it into the end zone. Um, possibly that was because they were able to just keep the game close a lot of the time, which Carolina has not tipped. Carolina's really bad too, let's be honest. That's yeah. a really bad team. They're maybe a little above those four that I said before, but that's a really bad one. Uh, they do have the Bills, the Bucks, and the Saints coming up, which is not a great schedule for them. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I that's why, like, you know, as good as Chuba was, and we, we called that saying this is the week to play him, with those tough matchups, especially the matchups they're likely going to be trailing, I don't think there's any way – we get another, how many carries did he end up having this last week? Uh, only 10. That's actually not nearly as many as I thought. 10 for 33 um, without a target in the passing game. Just not that good of a day. Sure. And now these tough matchups are coming. Um, yeah, I think Abdullah, certainly the not even better play. Just avoid this team. <laughs> you don't want any Panthers 
maybe DJ Moore at best at this point. Craig Reynolds, though, Adam Schefter's boy, uh, he tweeted out this is going to be the next Elijah Mitchell. He saw 11 carries and looked really good with 83 yards. He was a preseason darling, um, and he had the most running back rushes and targets for anybody on Detroit, which, again, you know, was it Godwin and Iguabuke? Was it going to be Jamar Jefferson? No, it was Craig Reynolds who uh, did the most damage here. And, yeah, Jamal Williams, he was on the COVID list. I imagine he'll be back this week, assuming he's vaccinated. But if not, Craig Reynolds could be the priority pickup. And they have uh, Atlanta in the championship game. They have a, a joke matchup this week. I forget who it is off the top of my head. Uh, but two of the next three games, definitely very viable spots for Detroit backs. They are also saying that they expect DeAndre Swift to be back this week, in which case none of them matter other than DeAndre Swift. Hey, you know who sucks? <laughs> Jeff Wilson. Yeah, oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> he got all their um, – all their running back work, by the way. Uh, 13 rushes, 56 yards, didn't do anything. Uh, Niners did end up winning that game. Uh, it was kind of a must-win for them, as a matter of fact. But Wilson's not doing anything to impress anybody, I don't think. No, not at all. Debo Samuel, you know, the monster that he is, saw nearly 50% of the workload. Because as we said, Wilson got all the running back carries. No worries about tasty, hasty, or anything that. But it's Debo Samuel. That's the monster there, scoring a 27 rushing uh 27-yard rushing touchdown. He is so damn good. They should use him like Alvin Kamara. I say that every single time. All righty, folks, that's all we got for running back notes. Let us know if there's anybody you would also toss on there. We'll whip through our receivers because, again, I know there's some of you guys that might actually have some actionable uh, you know, questions that you need to get to tonight, so we will do our best to get through these quickly, including the god himself, Hunter Renfro, punching tickets to fantasy playoffs, 13 catches, 14 targets, 117 and a TD, he is just, he's so good. He is so shifty. He gets so open at will. It's unbelievable. Well, this is a, a game where his team put up pretty much zero offense. They scored nine points. Derek yep. Carr threw for like 230 yards or something. And this guy's got 13 catches for a buck 17. That's a great fantasy game. And it's like, you know, he accounted for like 60% of his team's offense or something like that. I don't know. That's yep, amazing. Exactly. And seven, this is, this isn't like new. I mean, the 28 points at the most he's had on the season, but over his last six, 17.9, 17.6, seven and a half was his worst game. I mean, not good, but still like, okay. 21.6, 19.2 and 28.7. Unbelievable. He, I, I imagine he's like a number two or three receiver in that span, like uh, compared to the rest of the league, only maybe Adams and a couple others who have had these monster days might compare to that. Unbelievable. Speaking of Adams, 10 catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns, 41% slot rate on his uh, roots, which I, when he runs in the slot, man, like it's almost not fair. But anyway, you know, Cooper Cubs can end up with the most fantasy points over the course of this season. But Devontae Adams, who was the Wolves' smash number one receiver, I mean, you completely see why. Like, I don't yeah. know where he's going to finish, two, three, something like that. But it's almost like a game like this from him is just kind of ho-hum. When I see Cooper Cup put up numbers like this, I'm still like, oh, wow. I'm still kind of blown away. With When Adams does it, I'm just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, duh. <laughs> exactly, right? Of right. course. But no, absolute monster. Set, uh, he always is like, – number one or two each and every week in the rankings. But I, if, this is the type of thing, like who would you rather have for the rest of the season? I'd probably pick Adams at this point. You're talking about real football or fantasy? Fantasy wise. It's close. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. Uh, if you picked Adams, I wouldn't say you were crazy at all. No, not at all. And honestly, Tyler Lockett's looking like he could be a top 10 receiver moving forward each and every week. He's not been the DK only though. No, not DK. We'll talk about both those guys. One five catches, one forty-two, and a touchdown 
for Tyler Lockett, averaging nearly 26 yards, average depth of target. Beautiful stuff for him. Uh, he's now had back to, you know, for since all this Russell Wilson sucks type of narrative. Well, even with Wilson sucking, he's had double digits in all those four games. Uh, most of them, he's been a top 20 wide receiver, if not top 10. He's looking like a locked-in smash play each and every week, whereas DK has averaged in that same span 6.9 PPR points That's per game. That's insane. Awful. 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 He's DK Metcalf. What the hell's going on? I I, I put him on the bench. It's either the foot, it's the sinner narrative where Russell Wilson. The porn. Wilson, the Don't you think it's the porn? Yeah, it really could be. I think it's the sinner. Exactly. Uh, so Russell Wilson just excommunicating him. And to the, the benefit of Tyler Lockett, DK is – I put him on benches, honestly, moving forward. Oh, I definitely would too, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but absolutely. Jamar Chase, uh, he had a bit of a, you know, kind of comeback game. He had been up and down, up and – he's been an up and down guy most of the season, but he did have five catches for 77 and two touchdowns. And this is another situation uh, where we see guys that are competing for catches, competing for, uh, you know, fantasy points. I'm talking about T. Higgins when I put him with Jamar Chase. They're both able to eat in this offense and have good games. Higgins, I think, had 17 or 18 fantasy points as well. Chase had the real blow-up game this week, uh, put up 24, 25 fantasy points himself. Monster. and Yeah, exactly. You can have both in your lineup. If you, I, I have them both in the league, and I, I start them both, and usually that works out for me these last few weeks. Rashad Bateman, right after – I wonder if our guy, oh, uh, Ryan Stop is here. He, he always looks great. That's the most frustrating part about him. Of course, after I cut him, he goes and sees a season-high 20% of uh, targets there, 17.3 PPR points. Wow, shocking. You use the guy, and he goes and fucking produces for you. Seven catches, 103 yards. Just a monster. Like, he's so damn talented. He, in any offense where he could be, like, the number one with a, a decent quarterback, he would be going bananas each and every week. They just don't throw it enough there in Baltimore. But this is just the type of performances, like, uh, to come down the road, I think this guy will be one of the, the best receivers in the next couple of years. Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I can't stand this guy, and I'm going to tell you why. He had this big streak of targets earlier in the year. Oh, he's getting eight targets a game, seven targets a game, blah, blah. You can't ignore it. This was like five weeks ago or something. And I finally got to a point where I needed to stream a receiver because of buys. And I'm like, all right, you know what? This guy's got a little bit of a pedigree, a little bit of a track record at this point. So I bring him in. And I, I want to say he had zero catches on zero targets, but maybe it was like <laughs> on maybe it was like on one target or something. So obviously I was furious. So of course I dropped him immediately. And he's been pretty much doing this same thing since then. He basically had one week that was terrible. It was the week I picked him up. But he's now had back-to-back weeks with 12 targets. And you can't ignore that, even if it's the Lions, even if it's Jared Goff, 12 targets is 12 targets. Exactly. Honestly, it might even help that it's the Lions because they just have to throw in comeback mode all the time. Now, there was no TJ Hawkinson. There was no DeAndre Swift. So we have to keep that in mind. But I do think you know double-digit targets week-to-week at this Seems point, good. is very well within his realm of possibility. He turned it into eight for 73. Not quite the 86 yards and touchdown he had a week before, but still solid nonetheless with 31% target share. And that all came against a good Denver defense, that type of production. I think you can, if you're desperate for a plug-in wide receiver three, you couldn't do much better at this point on your waiver wires. Other than maybe for this week, at least, Gabriel Davis, given that Manny Sanders is going to be out with a knee injury at least this week, potentially even to the IR, we saw Davis then come on in and run a route on 81% of dropbacks. Ultimately saw eight targets, caught, caught um, five of those eight for 43 and a touchdown. 
that that uh, amounts to a season high 15.7% target share. If, if Sanders misses time, we already talked about the joke schedule for Josh Allen. Davis, anytime he's called upon, dating back to rookie year, I think he had 10 touchdowns last year. He's just a playmaker. And, and Allen loves him in the red zone. And Davis would see a big bump up should Sanders be gone. And he, he runs another route on 81% of the, the targets. Love that. Love that route. Speaking of target share, Donovan Peoples-Jones saw his top target share of the season in that weird Browns and Ravens game that Jackson got taken out on a cart. Uh, 23.3% target share. That's not nothing. Uh, And he was actually targeted seven times by Baker Mayfield. I got to be honest. Well, when I see Mayfield play, he just doesn't look good to me. No. He just doesn't look like a good football player. Like his arm, he doesn't have like a cannon. I don't know. It it freaks me. Every time he throws the ball, I'm like, oh, that's going to get picked off. But he was, uh, he was, Going to Peoples Jones early and often. Yeah, exactly. Five for ninety was the uh, ultimate stat line there. Solid day for a guy that was typically thought of as a only deep threat, but he was the playmaker oh, of the preseason. The hype train was behind him the whole way, and he's starting to get it done. He's starting to show that. Uh, I think he could be a potential viable wide receiver three against a Raiders team that is averaging almost thirty points surrendered over their last five games. Like they're just they're nowhere on defense. So I could see Peoples Jones. Being that Hail Mary you need in your playoff week, you could do worse than him. You certainly could do worse than him. Um, and last but not least, at well, last maybe least, Robbie Anderson. Seven catches, 84 in a TD. That, I mean, that was a great game. He's out there on a ton of waiver wires. But could you really, truly put your faith in this guy moving forward? I certainly no. wouldn't. Uh, yeah, no, let's move on. No, don't put your faith in him. That's fool's gold. I would be terrified. And I hate that. It's like the Jeff Wilson syndrome. This guy two years ago was winning me titles when he just went berserk in the fantasy playoffs. So I'm like, I at least, I think I want to pick him up. I don't know if I want to start him, but I don't want to be facing him either. If that makes any sense. Like no, it makes sense. he went nuts a few years ago and, and maybe it's just Robbie Anderson late season baller. Like that just happened with players. That could be him this year. Uh, if, if this week was any indication, 34.3% threat rate, he could do some damage on the stretch here. We got three tight ends to talk about, and that's it. Two of them who were had amazing games, and one of them who just kind of laid a turd sandwich. Um, Mark Andrews, 11 catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Among those 11 catches, seven of them went for first down. That is a monster tight end game. And Andrews looked really good, and a lot of that did not come from Lamar. A lot of that came from Huntley, who we talked about earlier. Yeah, very soft performance. Just a reminder of how damn good this guy is each and every week. But the only guy at this point, right, you might right. have above him, George Kittle. Holy hell. 13 this is, this is the guy, right? This is the number one tight end now, right? Yep. Especially when you yeah. get into the next guy below him too. 13 catches, 151 in a TD. Uh, just looking like a monster all over the field. Some of the most difficult contested catches running after the catch. This guy is unstoppable. He's now scored 39 and 34 PPR points in his last two games, 40% and 40 and a half percent target share in his last two games. Welcome back. And that was the, I guess the most impressive part of this one is there was no Debo Samuel's back and he still was this type of engine. I think a lot of people assuming, Oh no, it's Debo's absence. That's what led to it. Nope. Debo's back. And we still see this game. Kittle was always, Kittle's always been like the straw that stirred the drink there. Like even as great as Debo was like, you always just kind of thought that he was kind of the sun uh, in their solar system offense or whatever. He's he's just amazing to watch when he's really clicking. Um, unlike Travis Kelsey, who we've certainly see, seen do a bunch of awesome things, 
but he put up a second consecutive, I believe, unless I'm reading this wrong, three catches for 27 yards. And this is in a game that the Chiefs completely exploded in and had 48 points. Kelsey did nothing. I, I, I told you, my, my team put up 184 this week. Kelsey was my first rounder, so everybody else blew up. Imagine if I got a typical Kelsey game. It would have been over 200 points. It would have been nuts not to be greedy or anything. But no. he, he gets a bad Chargers defense against the tight end on Thursday. If he can't get it done there, I'm going to be terrified. There were two tight end performances I did want to mention before we get in your mailbag that I didn't put on the sheet. One of them was Dawson Knox, especially given that Manny Sanders is out. We taught him on the higher list every single week, and he panned out seven of nine targets. Love to see that nine targets, right over 20% targets here. 60 yards and a score, getting open in that red zone. He just Josh Allen loves him in the red zone. It's the first read, honestly, it seems like almost every time. So you got to keep this guy locked in as a top five tight end moving forward each and every week. And then Austin Hooper with the other guys out. He was our, our Hail Mary on Sunday we talked about. Five of seven, 30 yards and a score. Not bad. I mean, he'll be, if those other guys are back, Brian and Njoku, useless. But should those guys be out and it's a Saturday game, so they might not make it back, uh, it could be a great spot to let this guy go again against that Raiders team that is just abysmal right now. All right, that's it. Let's hit the mailbag. Wolfpack, thank you so much on your way out. If you haven't already hit that thumbs up, please consider doing so. And especially please consider subscribing, helping us grow. Uh, so you don't miss any of our episode drops Monday through Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We got some big merch stuff coming out soon. Uh, I, I don't want to release it till it's officially launched, but we're going to have some gear for your Christmas time, for your celebratory titles, or to punish your last place loser. So keep your eyes peeled for these great things that will be coming out in the near future. I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. The world full of the fantasy sheep, guys. Be the wolf. Later, guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.